better, smarter, faster. The neural network needed to power the digital ecosystem of healthcare is poised to transform care both inside and outside of hospital walls in traditional care settings. Meaningful data analytics positioned in real time to drive better diagnostics, intelligent operations, seamless care coordination, and integrated telehealth. This is the future of connected healthcare. We talk to the experts about transformational roadmaps for this evolving landscape, what's working, what's needed, and how we get there together. Welcome to Healthcare On Air, presented by Verizon. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Healthcare On Air by Verizon. I'm your host, Leah Sims, Marketing Strategy Lead for Verizon's Healthcare and Life Sciences Practice. We're recording from the HIMSS 2023 show floor. If you are at HIMSS this week, we'd love to have you come by booth 4048. We have a Verizon team that would love to meet with you. We are spending some time with our customers, our partners, and colleagues in the industry, really talking about the evolution of healthcare, the digital acceleration of care and transformation. I am joined today by Tara Mahoney with Jen. Genesis, and my colleague, Gary Lynch, who leads our healthcare practice. Welcome, guys. I'd love for you to introduce yourself. Starting with Tara, just let everybody know what you do for right. Genesis, and then, Gary, tell everybody what you do for Verizon Healthcare. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm the managing director for global healthcare, including life sciences payer and provider, and I've been in the industry longer than I'd like to admit. <laughs> I think that's true of a few of, a few of us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Gary Lentz, I'm the global lead for healthcare and life sciences at Verizon. So my team, we're really focused on, you know, what's happening in the in this space? What are those big major market trends? Uh, I've got a team of innovation principals, payer provider, med tech, life sciences, and so we're out there kind of building new use cases with our partners, uh, customers, um, having a lot of fun doing it. That's great. So we're going to talk about patient experience. I know that's something we both are very invested in um, from uh, an innovation practice point of view and how we're thinking strategically around uh, contributions to healthcare. Tara, what do you, so let's talk about just the landscape first. What do you think is, is contributing to, to this focus on patient experience beyond just care and treatment of patients, but really their end-to-end -end experience within their health system? How is consumerism driving some of that? Um, Tara, I'd love your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I was going to start with there's an increasing awareness of choice, you know, and, um, and we're starting to realize that if we support our patients uh, with not just choice or, you know, it's not traditional consumerism, but that we are going to reduce the friction of them interacting with our health system. Yeah. Um, like we see so many other industries reducing the friction to do business with them, that is really, you know, instead of the burden being on the patient, really shifting that coordination of anything, referrals, revenue cycle management, the entire journey from, you know, diagnosis through to wellness. Um, really, I think one of the big trends is we are going to orchestrate coordinate between the payer and the provider, between the specialty practice and the labs, that we are going to reduce the burden. And we're seeing a lot of that with our, especially our specialty practices or really large health systems that have multiple disciplines. They are really working on how do we manage the care and, and, and be more proactive in outreaching and managing, say, a cancer referral through to wellness. Right. Yeah. Yep. That's a great response, so I'm going to have to change mine since you took a lot of what I was going to say. 
You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna re rewind back to my first job out of college. My first job out of college was United Healthcare, and the CEO was walking the floors that day and, and walked by me, and I was in customer service. And he'd ask me, hey, Gary, who do you, who are we competing with when it comes to customer service, right? Who are we measured um, when it comes to the experience that our, our customers right. are, are, are having? And so, of course, you know, I started thinking Aetna, you know, Cigna, and threw that out. And he said, nope. And then he, he kind of walked away. And I was like, oh, well. And, and later I saw him on this presentation and he said, and I think about the evolution of the patient experience, kind of where we're at today. And, and I always think back to that because what he said was, we're compared to everyone. I mean, if you go to the grocery store line, exactly. right, and you have a positive experience and you're, you're happy, you're excited, and then you, you call, you know, um, your provider and you have a poor experience, well, you're, you're comparing those two, right? And so I always think about that. And then I think about like what has happened, you know, like what Amazon has done, like in the retail space, what, what's been happening in all these other industries, you know, how easy it is to bank, right? So um, the, the, the experience has really evolved because of all the other industries that have evolved yeah. as well, right? Yeah. And it's exciting now because I think we're, we're now kind of putting the patient at the center of our universe and, and building up solutions and services around it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's been an interesting evolution. Yeah, retail has really set the standard, I think, for um, personalization, for, you know, convenience. And then when you look at financial services, they've kind of set the standard for access to your information. You hear patients say, I should have as quick and easy and secure access to my health information as I, can, as I do to all of my financial information. And healthcare has kind of lagged behind a little bit yep. with that. And I think people are focusing well, on and, it And now. one other thing on that, Leah, it's, I, I thought it was really interesting that um, a lot of health systems are now, you know, having their um, directors or VPs of patient experience or consumer experience coming from outside of the healthcare industry, you know, coming from all these other industries that we were just talking about, just unique and different perspectives. Yeah, I think too, just on the other hand is the care team is under so much yeah. stress and scarcity. You know, yes. I mean, if you saw the fierce article this week, 800 thousand nurses planning to retire yep. over the next five years and so or leave the profession and so it's it's almost been forced that um, a lot of the poor patient experience has been that we haven't really given the care team the tools they need to coordinate care right and so the fact that unfortunately maybe the good coming out of this um, staffing challenge has been we do need to make it far more coordinated and reduce the burden on the care team. And, and in some sort of strange way, that has actually resulted in using some technologies to be a little bit more proactive and yep. reducing that manual yep. you know, burden that the care team has been under. And that's been really interesting to me. In fact, I would have never predicted that the one of the main reasons why we're driving a better patient experience is because we have staffing shortages. Right. Yeah. Convenient and frictionless doesn't just apply to the patient. Right. Right? Exactly. It needs to apply for exactly. uh, apply to the care team as well, um, for sure. Um, any other thoughts on what's driving that or, or, or you know, how we well, address that? I mean, certainly value-based care. Right, you yeah. know, is is, is kind of came along and has changed the way that um, you know providers are reimbursed. You know, right? we're focused on quality rather than quantity, um, and 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 with that, you know, you're having a better patient experience. You're ha having 
you know, more satisfied patients, you know, the HCAP scores, right, will yep. affect your Medicare reimbursements. So, um, yeah, it's that kind of that whole evolution of um, what's kind of happened with what the folks in D.C. are doing around accountable care and value-based care, that's certainly helped. The pandemic has certainly, you know, put a spotlight on some of those areas as well. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can, you know, uh, you know uh, understate the uh, pressure that the business of healthcare is under, too. And when we look at um, the revenue loss Operating over the last yeah. few years, um, you know, through the pandemic with uh, the loss from elective surgeries, the impact on critical shortage. Um, so you mentioned HCAPs, press gainings. I mean, there there's also this need on the business side to drive long-term. We wouldn't have heard the phrase brand loyalty in healthcare mm. in the past, but they're certainly looking at health system loyalty. How do we drive end-to-end patient experience so that we have a, uh, not only a patient, but a family, a patient's family and caregivers for life, where their health system or where they go? Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I think um, it's loyalty, but it's also now that hospitals or practices are now part of a system. If we can properly manage referrals, whole yeah. health, um, reduce leaking to other health systems, there's a lot of focus. I've made all these investments to bring in all these different types of practices, yeah. physiotherapy yeah. labs. And so I'm going to maximize, back to your business piece, I'm going to yeah. maximize these investments I've made. And the best way to do that is to reduce leakage by ensuring yeah. that you are looking at every aspect of care and being proactive in saying, I'm going to, I'm going to manage all of your comorbidities. I'm going to help keep you well. And then I, I do think the value-based care, um, if you do look at other countries, so I'm Canadian, <laughs> you know, so I've got to get that in, of course. Um, <laughs> if you look at other systems, um, that preventative side or trying to be more proactive to make sure that you don't get very sick and you don't create the burden. Obviously, sometimes this is completely unavoidable, but that more proactive. And I've had so many value-based care discussions this week. Like, what can genesis do you know to help us engage patients after discharge so that they don't get more sick that it's been that's been new i we, i did not have those discussions as much last year yeah, yeah. No, that, that's interesting the same for us in fact um someone on my team just put together this little chart that takes all the the key components right of value-based care and tied it to how we can help at Verizon, you know, our infrastructure, the service solutions, where we need partners to be able to address that. So yeah, same here. Lots of questions around yeah. around. I mean, the there's piece. there's a reimbursement model evolution going on. There's um, a, a lot of focus on um, uh, core measures and quality outcomes, and so all, all of that is driving. How is Genesis doing that specifically? I'd love for you to share. You know, e- even from a solutions perspective, how are you addressing that? You yeah. Know, what, where do you layer into that proposition? You know, so we're a contact center as a service company in the cloud, um, one of the industry leading. But, I'm, yep. you know, I move away from, it's not a contact center. It's not like one contact. It's the journey orchestration. Yep. So we are um, focused on the provider side very much around access and revenue cycle. That does bleed into practice communications. It breeds, bleeds into nurse triage and health management. And what we're doing is we're using sort of traditional um, contact center capabilities, but we're sort of deconstructing it and reconstructing it into, firstly, understanding intent. Intent today in healthcare is done largely manually by calling or outreaching, and everything's manual. So if we can use bots and proactive outreach integrated with systems of record, 
we can understand who you are and why you're interacting with us and hopefully have insight into your care because we integrate to Epic or Cerner or something like that. Then the next piece is, you know, contact center was all about routing, but now it's like, if I understand your tent, I can make much, much better decisions on, is this something I can contain digitally? When and where is my appointment? That does not need to go to a human. Um, I, I, I have a workman's comp issue, so I need to route to someone who's best at dealing with access for workman's comp. Or I actually have a triage question, like I'm asking for one more month of refill because I can't get an appointment in the next month, which has to go to a nurse. So we, we're, we're focused on that. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're focused to get to the right resource the first time. Um, then we, if you've ever sat, you know, in, in, in any of these access groups or revenue cycle groups, um, they've got like 15 different applications up and running. And so we're really working on, if we understand your intent, then we can surface the right information. We can understand what's being said with natural language processing. Um, and we can serve up the right thing for the patient and the, and the member. And then I think just the last phase is this improving. How can we link, now that we understand not only what the patient interaction journey has been, but also the content of it. You know, right. we record for quality management purposes. That's interesting, but not really. But if we can actually use voice process to say, what are the topics intense? Has the patient said something you were talking about? HCAP scores on the payer side. You know, d- did someone um, in, in Medicare Advantage say, I don't know where to get this prescription? That's a coverage determination issue. And we can listen for those key hot right. phrases yep. and and understand which members or patients are at risk. So that's really, you know, from intent to getting you to the right resource to then serving up the right information and then using interaction analytics to really understand, are we running these or journeys you know, yeah. in the most efficient way. Yeah. That's I mean, really let's face our it, focus. all of that is what is the underpinning of so much frustration for patients yeah. trying to navigate through the system as if they're care issues or if you're a caregiver, it's even worse, I think. We could probably have a conversation about how we're navigating caregivers through that as well. Yes. Your thoughts, Gary, on, on, um, on that orchestration piece? Yeah, I mean, definitely a very fragmented system. You know, when I first started working in health IT, I worked in patient access. And it was all these different systems that we had to learn that we were selling to our customers, right? They were very fragmented. They weren't all kind of integrated together. And I I think about, you know, some of the systems that I visit were, you know, just kind of focus on the patient access component of it because I I do think that's a really big missing piece of, you know, this patient experience. And then we know where we're at with, with, with staffing shortages and it's not just nurses, it's not just doctors. It's revenue cycle personnel as well. It's administrative. It's it's so I think a lot about, you know, how can we how can we better kind of automate, you know, what we're doing in the patient access areas and um one health system, which I won't name. Um I remember going into a room and there was like thirty people sitting there doing claim status. And then there was another room where there was almost the same amount doing prior offs and eligibility and you know, the advancements that we have today around like robotic process automation, natural language processing, there's so many of those repetitive tasks, so yeah. many of those administrative tasks that we can automate today. Yeah. And and I think, you know, with our fragmented kind of experience that we have for our patients, if we could automate as much of that as we can um, and then save the people who are really good at, at the patient experience components and the, the live agents to, to, to be the, the 
focal point for the patient. Where those needs are more nuanced, they need to be more personalized in their yeah. response, yeah. I, I mean, when our customers, and we, we're in about 100 providers in US and Canada, when they focus on what Gary's talking about, just, and I'm not even talking, they're not automating the whole process, but they're understanding the intents that can be solved in, just through integration into the EHR, 20% of interactions that used to go to a human off the top. I mean, I've seen this now seven yeah. or eight times in the last quarter that we, well, how's it going? Well, you know what? <laughs> our call volumes, our interactions have gone down because it's very, like, when and where is my appointment? I need uh, yeah. to look at my prescription refill. I need to pay a bill. I need to set up a payment plan. And so yet just off the top, and to your point, then that releases the yeah. burden on this. I was going to say that's like a pressure valve on the system. Yeah, yeah. and... Yeah. You know, would you rather help a patient through a complex referral or would you rather like go, well, you're supposed to be, you know, on First Avenue at five o'clock on Friday? Like right. that's that's not very rewarding work. either. Right. Mm -hmm. you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I also think about um, I love telling stories. So one <laughs> of my mentors after I had really kind of, I, I saw what was happening in the world of precision medicine. Right. And you know, um, a physician who built a five-dimensional body scan and device, breaking down people to their genetic code and prescribing these very specific clinical pathways. And, and that's really when the light bulb kind of went off for me around, hey, the telecoms of the world are going to play a big part in kind of, you know, this evolution of healthcare. And I, I reached out to one of my friends who's a retired physician, and I was talking to him about, you know, telecom and Verizon. And he was like, you know, Gary, there's, there's only two things that I control and I always have with me. He said, it's, it's me, it's my body, it's my, my, you know, my physical appearance, and then my cell phone. Those are the two things I always have, <laughs> I can always control. And so what does I, that say about us? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Except mine's in my lap, so, you know. <laughs> mine's right here. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was interesting when I was asking about that because, you know, there's just not a lot of brand loyalty in, in healthcare. You know, I mean, I'm a very brand loyal consumer. I drive the same motorcycles, the same cars, but I'll switch doctor's offices if somebody else makes it easier for me to get an appointment. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I think that's an area we, we've got a lot of work to do. We but. definitely do. So if you're uh, if you're advising, so a lot of the work that we do and that you guys do and that we do together is getting in on the front end with these hospitals and health systems um, and, and, you know, helping them to roadmap that, you know, map out that customer journey uh, and look at those um, um, customer or patient behavior behaviors and, and figuring out where those touch points are. What do hospital health systems need to be thinking about? How do they, how do they roadmap this um, if they're struggling with that today? And like, what's step one for you guys when you're working with a new health system? Wow, because the step one is different in almost every <laughs> And that's okay system. too. There's um, not a one size fits all. But maybe all. that's yeah. part of the answer is yeah. that, um, you know, I often start with what is driving your patients and staff crazy on. Now, again, we have a huge focus on access. So we often you start with access, you yeah. know, what? Because that's your front door. Um, and yet it's often really quite ignored, you know. Yeah. And we've always sort of had Betty answer the phone and book appointments while she's checking out, you know, patients and giving advice. And so we, we start there. Um, what does leakage cost you? You know, uh, what do no-shows, what's that looking like? Yeah. Um, do you even know 
Do you have any clue what your patient journey is? But we often start with, if they don't know, and they often don't, we will start with, well, okay, let's map out you know, a journey. I love secret shopping. I, before I talk to almost any customer, I try to book an appointment um, on their website, make a phone call. Usually you find, often you find a broke, something broken or something that could be improved upon. Um, we start a lot there. We also start a lot about, they often have incredibly complex IT stacks. Like, yeah. you know, you've got five things doing the same thing. Um, you, you know, you grew up over acquisitions and now you've got 10 different outbound platforms. You have, you know, five different IVAs or IVRs. You've got all these different call systems. And so sometimes we will also say, hey, did you know that, you know, there's an inefficiency at this tech stack level? And it's not about maintaining that tech stack. That's part of it. But if you have all these different technologies that touch the patient, and right. they don't talk to each other. You have no idea what their journey is. No. You know? Yeah. And so um, on the provider side, that's usually where we start. On the, um, and honestly, like, if I think of the meetings we, you know, we have where maybe um, they don't know who we are, <laughs> which isn't uncommon in healthcare and Genesis, especially on the provider side. But even on the payer, we, we'll often start with the automation piece that Gary's talking about, like, we, we bring one or two references and just say, hey, did you know off the top? Like, you are not, this manual identification of intent, this bouncing around, I mean, literally health systems say they have a switchboard. Like, they're like, we still have a switchboard, you know, <laughs> to, to get you to the right resource. Yeah. So, um, but I like to look at what's broken today, where are people expending a ton of effort? Um, and, then, and then how might we alleviate some of that effort? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I always think, and it's, I guess I kind of follow the same process. Maybe it's a hospital who's considering, you know, a 5G private network because they want to do, you know, this amazing stuff. I'm watching this demo of augmented reality in the surgical room, um, you know, across the table In our over booth, here. 448. Don't there, forget. there we go. There we go. It's amazing. Um, yeah. And so I always think about, okay, so what's the end goal, you know, for you? What is that? innovative roadmap look for look like and then and then I kind of look at everything that's involved you know uh, what's fragmented what can we integrate what can we automate um, but I, I, I like to kind of figure out what what the end goal is for them and then almost kind of work backwards yeah. to a certain yeah extent. it has to yeah. start with yeah. not just the member or care team experience but what are the KPIs and metrics that are most effective you just said it, you know, the profitability or the sustainability, because we had worked with a lot of not-for-profits, right. of your organization, and then how is that member or patient or staff journey affecting those KPIs? Yep. What is leakage costing you? What is poor re-enrollment of your members costing you? What is um, missing seniors at risk costing you? And then how might we improve the experience that would ultimately address some of those KPIs. Yeah. And whether you're for-profit or non-profit, you still right. need revenue, it's, right? It's well, and it's all the same thing. I mean, yeah. you, need, um, you need to manage the operational, you need to manage out the operational inefficiencies that yeah. exist in a yeah. system. You know, I work with systems all over the world. I know you do too, Gary. 
and and often you know they'll be like, well, what will you know? What would a North American person be able to talk to me about healthcare? No, no. Do you have staff shortages? Yes. <laughs> Do you bounce patients around? Yes. Yeah. Do you have people not adhering to their care plan? Yes. Okay. Well, then you know what? Yeah. This is a glo- this is truly a global. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it is. Mm. It really is. Yeah. I love what you said about um, starting uh, with things you can change immediately. Like sometimes just, I know when we talk to folks about 5G or a- any of those things and they're overwhelmed, I think sometimes uh, these um, decision makers on the IT side, the cl- uh, clinical side, don't know where to begin. Is there a sequence to how we should do this? Because at, to your point, they've kind of, kind of bolted on technologies and tech stacks across their organization. But we'll tell them, pick a project, pick, pick innovation, pick pick a, an easily movable big boulder that can help today. Mm-hmm. And so what I heard you say was that when you sit with them, you're like, you know, do you know that if you just change this one thing, you could see a call reduction in like 20%. Yes. Um, so let's start with some low hanging fruit. I think that's an important thing um, for, for getting well, them started the so they can on, see early wins fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things on mobility, you know, is that um, there are a lot of great tools. If, uh, um, if a staff member is just sitting, but they're not, you know, care navigators don't sit, nurses don't sit. And so if, if at the desk you're interacting with a patient and you can get a full clinical summary of the discussion, but if I'm out in the practice, I can't, um, you know, because I don't have the mobile infrastructure to do that. If you can save a nurse 10 to 15 minutes right. per customer conversation, by giving her, a, you know, an epic ready summary of that interaction or him, you know, um, you, you've suddenly taken like this, this 5G thing and sort of turned it into, do your nurses have enough time and how <laughs> right. can we, yeah. you know, yeah. reduce right. that time? We were just talking the other day about, you know, there's amazing use cases for 5G, AR mm. being one of them. But one of the things we hear from clinicians is just the, just the time it takes to download large image mm. files, diagnostic images, and they're constantly having to hit refresh. I'm like, that's a really practical use use it case is. right there. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be the flashy stuff. Sometimes it's, you know, if it's what we were talking about, if it's 30 seconds or a minute or two minutes on every film that they're reading or having to collaborate around that they're losing time waiting for that thing to download. Um, you know, it, it, that is a, a cost savings and a time savings over time with the right capability and the right technology. Well, and it's yeah. also ensuring that you can reach the right person regardless of where they are. I yep. mean, you know, it, it's, um, I was working with a health system. They were saying they have incredible success at recovering large outstanding balances for people who have hardship, if they can get one of their financial assistance specialists to, to continually work with a patient. And, um, but there's a shame factor. So they don't want to explain their situation to someone new every time. Right. But those financial assistance specialists are not sitting and waiting for patients to call. They are in the hospital. They are doing, right. so if we can reach them, any time on, you know, regardless of where they are, and to your point, give them the information, the applications they need to support that patient, um, regardless of where they are, that is, that's not just even saving them time. That's like millions yep. to, to your health system. And, yep. and I think these, these little things aren't so little. No. Yeah. No. And, and I think we all know the position that most providers are in in this country, right? 
rural hospitals. I think half of them are in the red. And so that's one of the things like I've challenged my team. It's like, we, we talk about all these amazing use cases that 5G can enable, like we've already alluded to a few, AR, VR in the surgical room being one. But I've kind of challenged my team that we need to focus more operationally yeah. because if we can't help our customers operationally, we're not going to be able to get to that that endpoint, no. right? Which is remote surgeries and you know, drones flying around and you know delivering medicine to people and with computer vision and all that crazy stuff. Yeah. But well, but. and when you talk about you know operationally the challenges just at you know care navigation and orchestration levels, then it makes those sort of not that they're not great use cases, but it, it puts them in a different context when you're like those are. Those are great, really sexy, exciting use cases, but we really need to address these issues. Mm -hmm. I was just trying to find on my phone. Level. I went to the um, the CIO of Northwell was speaking yesterday, and she was like, "My CFO is like, no ROI, no innovation. Like, it, it, you know, I'm sorry, but and yeah. she had a different term for it. I wrote it down though because mm -hmm. I thought that's you have to have a pragmatic phase one of any of these digital transformation journeys." And whether it's, you know, helping with open scheduling because that reduces the burden, you know, or, or, or reducing um, uh, seniors at risk because that affects your star ratings. And when you can do a open enrollment um, or, or you have to um, interact with cancer patients even on the weekend because if you don't, they're going to go to a different treatment center, I think. Um, those pragmatic things can lead to the, se the sexier things yeah, yep. we're talking exactly. about. You know? Definitely. Well, that's a great stopping point, point for us. <laughs> I think we're at the end of our time. Thank you so much, Tara, oh, for you. sharing your expertise and telling us what's what's going on at Genesis. We love working with you guys. Gary, we thanks so much with you. for being here. Great partner. Um, great collaboration. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Again, you can come see us on the Hymn Show floor, booth 4048. We'd love to take you on a tour. You can subscribe to this podcast at Spotify. Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or catch the video version of this conversation and others on our page on marketscale.com. Look for Verizon, uh, Healthcare on Air by Verizon. That's where you'll find us. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you later.